So today we're going to talk about AI and HR. I know I should have done this six months ago, but here we are, better late than never. And this is the HR Hub podcast with me, Andrea Adams. Keep listening to learn about this and anything related to HR. You can also find me on YouTube. Today, my guest is Megan Marie Butler. Megan is doing a PhD in AI and HR right now. And she's been an industry analyst for the last six years. I talked with her briefly and she clearly knows what she's talking about. Uh, hi, Megan. How are you? Andrea, really nice to be here today with you. Well, thanks. And uh, I was going to say a bit more, but then I remembered, usually we just dive in, but this time I think I actually want you to introduce yourself. So would you just start by telling us a bit more about your background and expertise as it relates to AI? Definitely. So I uh, was very fortunate and had an early career of over 10 years in industry working in HR, finance, health and safety in all areas of business in around health and uh, around medical and uh, education. Uh, from that, I ended up going off to do a master's degree, which led me into a whole new world of analytics and uh, and discovered so much more of the technology aspect. That was a big part of my career. So um, coming into the world of AI was very natural for me. And uh, it was quite funny coming out of my master's. I was working on a project. I had an industry expert that came to me and knew my background in HR. And, and we'd had several technology conversations and asked me, um, is this AI thing real? And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. And it triggered me because it was a question very much like my dad asked me when I was in high school and I was uh, a bit of a computer geek in high school. And he asked me in, in the year 2000, I'm not going to date myself at all of this, in the year 1999, like, is Y2K real? And they're like, are planes going to drop out of the sky? And um, so it was one of those questions that made me curious and it ended up leading down, um, I would like to say a lovely path, but a dark path to a PhD looking at uh, artificial intelligence in HR and how we're advancing HR management practices using artificial intelligence. And I've also been working uh, in the industry as an analyst, thought leader, creating content, doing research and um, helping clients understand and navigate the HR technology market. Okay, quickly, before we dive into all of that, is HR going to fall out of the sky because of AI? Yeah. Is AI? It might. It might. <laughs> It might, to be fair, to be fair, um, uh -oh. like, uh, like we may go down, like that was one of the first big questions that I kind of at, like was asking in my research. Uh, when I first picked up the topic, it was in 2017, 2018. And so it was very much this like, oh my gosh, AI is just going to change the world. It can do all these things. And it's really starting to do the thing, um, the claims that were made back then, which was really, which is cool. But at the same time, there was this very um, like binary our argument going on that it was like it's going to create this utopian future where everything's amazing and lovely and we live in this beautiful world or it's going to create this totally dystopian future where we're just slaves to these robots and that was the really big argument at the time and I um, explored that topic and I continue to explore it and there's some days the technologies and how I see it rolling out I'm just like wow we have such a bright future ahead of us and then other days I see it in action and at work um, and things that are being rolled out and I'm just like oh my gosh we're we're screwed. <laughs> it's time to go to Alaska and get a cabin in the bush and learn how to hunt kind of thing. Like we're, we're so in for a dark future, but it is like, I think it is just like every other technology. It's that, that navigation in that innovation process of society that we need to go through. And I think like, um, I think like, you know, and this brings up really brand new questions around ethics and regulation. 
um, that are even more interesting as we dive further into this topic, because we, you know, it is kind of like brave new world. You come up with an idea in theory and in the lab and you practice it. You can even run a pilot. But then when you when you expose it to the world, to the market, it can do all sorts of things that are predicted. Um, and it can be from really great ideas, doing beautiful things to, you know, very negative things. And, you know, we've already found that out in HR, um, not so publicly as it should be, but we found these things out. And I think a great example is the H&M fine and we see with Amazon and their biased hiring algorithms and things like that. You can take a great idea, really good people, very smart people, and come up with something that isn't good for us. Ah, huh. we are going to do a whole other episode on ethics, but I couldn't help myself. Okay, this one is actually about, is really AI basics for those of us who haven't really gone about exposing ourselves to it much beyond asking chat GPT a question or two. So can like AI and HR, like what is it really? That's a really great question. And I think like even people who've explored the topic, a lot of times get very confused as you start to dive into it. The biggest problem we have is there's no definition of AI. There is no singular definition of AI that we all agree on. And as we've used this term AI since the 50s, it's continuously evolved. So it's generally referring to a group of technologies more than to what it can produce. So there's like the the kind of sci-fi, you know, it's this it, man-made artificial intelligence is what the term means, but we are referring to something very real, which is a technology and what that group of technologies, you know, something like fuzzy logic years ago was considered more around that AI space, but now today we're eh, not really AI. We're, and we think of it more as using um, computer science and just statistical technique to allow computers to use probability to help improve performance. And so this is where we get these things. We no longer have black and white yes and no answers, but we're able to have these gray answers of 63% probability that this is the outcome. And that's a whole new way of thinking and working for a lot of people. Computers, not AI, was great at math, you know, like A plus B equals C. But now we're talking, you know, probabilities. A and B together is a 63% probability of getting... And that's exactly what it is underlying it. The computers are still fantastic at math and it's mm. easy math to help us do it. Even if you look at neural language, uh, natural language processing, um, NLP, it's using math in language to help understand like these terms are closer to these terms and it gives it a percentage and a choice then based on that of what it's going to choose. So it's using that probability to make better predictions. Okay, so take us into... Can you think of an example related to HR that isn't like A plus B equals C, but it's really like AI kind of stuff? So the classic example that um, I'll refer to in HR would be around skills. So we're able to start um, using a mix of uh, not of, um, of AI technique to do things like be able to extrapolate from a job description or resume what type of skills somebody has without it being directly fed. And being able to understand something like the difference between somebody who has office manager versus general manager or managing director. And what are the different types of skills that will be related to those? Mm -hmm. So that would be an example of where we're able to use it um, to extrapolate those skills. But then we can go even further. We can then extrapolate those skills from a job description. So now we have the skills extrapolated from five 
500, 500,000, it doesn't matter how many resumes, and we can have a job description, and we can then start to compare and mathematically understand who is um, relatively closest in matching to that job description. And so when we have these matching algorithms, it's giving us this probability of who, who is closest to match that job description as we described it. And it's like in our minds, as we work as, as humans, we normally think of like who's better in rank compared to the job description where the computer is really looking at this job description compared to these candidates and making a probability match based on that. And okay, so that's a recruitment application. What are some other things that AI is being developed for? Um, so we've, we're able to identify over 75 different use cases across HR where AI was being used. And so that's all areas of the employee life cycle. Um, of course, we found that the majority of products, um, particularly in the early days, were really being focused around recruitment, uh, particularly the selection piece. Yeah. But that's really expanding now. And we're seeing applications grow in other areas. And what we also noticed was the technologies being developed around recruitment. There was very obvious applications in other parts of the employee life cycle that um, it was quite obvious even in the early days that that would be that. Like those would be the following steps once these um, early technologies are developed. But I think like if you look across it, what is really interesting is we have some things like um, skills, which I, you know, I talk a lot about because that is the single biggest area of development for AI for HR. That's where we're seeing the most amount of money, the most amount of products being developed. And of course, that's very much focused in the selection area. When we look at those technologies, how they're able to um, understand the skills, how they're able to infer the skills from job description, resumes, whatever you're using, um, there's only about seven technologies that are actually used, even though there's about 60 plus products on the market. So a lot of them are using it as a third party. So they buy that piece of the technology and embed it in their bigger piece of tech. There's only a handful of companies that have actually developed their own skill technology, like their own ontologies and taxonomies to be able to do the work. However, we see other areas. Uh, so something, for example, like coaching. So executive style coaching. Right. And that what I think is one of my favorite areas uh, because uh, it was a very small category. There was only six products in it, but all six products did something very different, even though it was all doing executive style coaching. They were all quite different and how they were using AI and every single product was different. So in one product, it was helping to match candidate, uh coaches to coaches, like where there was a better okay. match there. So for better yep. outcome, another one which used a chatbot style conversation to guide people through um, a coaching style conversation. And yeah. another one that was, I thought was really fascinating, really fun product where you would have your normal coaching conversation with a person. So very much like we're having, and it would be recorded. And so you get the feedback of the coach and that whole normal coaching type situation, that executive style coaching, but they would also record it and would have the transcript. And they had their own proprietary NLP that would analyze it to develop deeper insights into what you're saying. And you would have follow-up conversations with your coaches that would go deeper into what you actually said. So it wasn't just what the person was picking up, but it was also what the um, AI was also to, it was able to pick up as well. So you could be talking about something, but the AI would be, no, you're not very confident about that. And you could then have that conversation of like, 
well, what did you feel confident when you're saying that and and have a deeper conversation? So we're seeing applications of AI um, across across HR in all sorts of unique ways. And I think like to even go even further outside of it, you see something like um, health and safety. And there was one product that I thought was absolutely incredible. Um, so we see one of the big expenses, of course, in health and safety is making sure everybody's wearing the right equipment on site. And normally it requires to hire somebody to sit there and monitor that people coming to the site are wearing, you know, basically a hard hat and your safety boots. And um, easy enough, you can train an optic eye to watch people as they come to through video camera and be able to identify and say, yep, you can see the hard hat on, you can see the right type of boots on and only flag when somebody's not wearing the right equipment. So we're seeing all sorts of unique applications uh, for AI in a, across business, but really for HR as well. And thinking about it in terms of not just helping the candidate experience, um, but and also helping recruiters and and line managers and hiring manager. So it's helping everybody in that HR space. Uh, I want to ask this question because I think most of us are now like we think AI, Chat GPT. Can you talk about, uh, distinguish between those two? I mean, how should we be thinking about that? Uh, so, yeah, so that's a great question because like ChatGPT has created, again, this big this big hype around AI again, which is fantastic. I was curious what was going to happen. When I got into it, there was a big hype around it, but it was still very early days. Um, and now we're seeing this renewed interest. And what ChatGPT is, is one tool. There's lots of tools out there that are similar to it and different from it, but it's one tool um, and it's what's classified as generative AI. So it's creating something for us, helping us create things. And um, and I think right now it's a really powerful tool. So it's open. Uh, it's open. So it's we're, we're able to access it. We're able to use the tool. You're able to get an enterprise license to it and embed it into your own product. So what I talked about before about the skills where there's only so many products using it. Yeah. Uh, using only so many tools. So again, in industry, this is going to happen where we have chat GBT and loads of people are going to be able to create all sorts of applications that are powered by chat GBT. So it's just, it's one tool and why it's so, so important to what's going on right now is because it's so powerful. It can do so much and it's going to affect so many people because it's this big open tool that allows us to do all sorts of creative things with it. And we're just scratching the surface with this new tool. So it's like, think about it is in terms of um, like when we got our first internet browsers mm-hmm. and we I first got that. Google. Yeah. Like remember what searches were like before that. And then that shift we all of a sudden had where this, and so chat GPT is really putting AI into the pocket of a lot of people now. Okay. We are going to do a whole episode on ethics and risk, but I feel like this conversation would not be complete without talking about it a little bit now. Where can we go wrong? That's a great question. And it's one of those things, there's a lot of places to go wrong. Um, And it's not, and and I think from the outside looking in on a lot of these things that happen, um, and when we hear in the news uh, bad things happening with AI, you really kind of sit there and think like, oh, there must be someone sinister sitting there like, well, ha, 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 ha. how can we spy on people and their data? And, and there probably are a few. But it, it, what you see in reality when you work on the development side is that it's a lot of bright people who really care that are trying to do something and they don't always think it through. 
unfortunately. And a lot of the times what you see in tech development is there's a lot of pressures, there's a lot of time deadlines, and a lot of times you're being pushed to create a prototype and probably running it not the way we should all the time because we have very little regulation in the industry. Um, and you can compare that back if we go back to high risk work. Um, very similar things happened in it, like something like oil and gas industry. Um, the uh, In Alberta in particular, the health and safety book is in red. When I worked in health and safety, it was always, you know, this book is written in blood. We had to kill a lot of people to come up with the rules to save them. And unfortunately, I see the same thing happening in this industry where we're going to have to hurt a lot of people with AI and HR um, through cases like bias hiring algorithms, through the inappropriate use of data, through the inappropriate use of tracking data, um, through the inappropriate use of AI in hiring processes, um, et cetera, um, to get those regulations in place. And so what that causes, though, for HR professionals, for the average person out there, and most people, we want to do good with it, but it creates a lot of um, a lot of a lot of hazards that we can potentially fall into. And I and I think that you know we're going to do the full episode and really talk about the dimensions that people need to be looking at and realize you're taking on a risk. You need to manage it as a risk, and there's ways to do that and to help reduce and mitigate those risks to make it a safer um, safer applications um, in your organization. Okay, so for most of us out there who don't have your background, who are just, we've been doing our HR thing for a while, but we're seeing that there may be opportunity. Where would we start on incorporating AI into HR? I think there's a two-step process to really help anybody in that situation. Um, One is educate yourself. Find out about what the type of products are out there and what they're doing. I We'll try and provide some resources to help people get started um, on that one. But understanding those products. And I think one of the most important things is understand your organization's processes and where the immediate needs are. Where are you wasting time? And where is the candidate and employee experience or the manager experience, the HR experience, terrible? And where are those pain points? Focus there. Don't jump on the latest trend because that latest trend worked for some other organization in their situation. You need to figure out what's going to work in your organization and where your time weights are and where you can create those efficiencies immediately. So where, what are your organization's specific low-hanging fruit? Um, one of the things I encourage people to do is, um, so recruitment is normally the easy target, but do something like create a journey map. Understand where the highs and lows are for people and understand where there's possibility to bring in the technology. Um, the other thing to really be thinking about is that long-term strategy. Go ahead. The, um, you talked about create the journey map, journey map of the employee experience, journey map. Yeah, user journey map. So I would I would encourage it for the employee or the candidate and they go through it, the hiring manager yeah. as they're dealing with it and also the HR person that's dealing with it because there's a lot of time saves and efficiencies we can create for the hiring manager or not the hiring manager, pardon me, the HR professional that if and we tend to forget about doing that journey map for them and understanding what what is it, what are their challenges and then what you see is um in organizations that somebody who's like oh this really cool product i saw it at a conference and let's make it work for us instead of understanding what your real problems are and solving those challenges you did mention that you might provide us with some resources and it just seems like this is like like flood of information about AI. It's hard to know where to stop or start rather. 
and maybe stop. Where is a good place to get reliable information about AI and HR? All the resources that were good that I used to do are gone now. <laughs> Why? Why are they gone? Because uh, the company took them down. It just, they stopped posting it and pivoted. So there used to be a really cool directory that we had with all the products on it. Oh, yeah. It was so good. But anyways, it's not like gone there. So let me restart that after. So for resources, <laughs> let me. I might, I might include that part. <laughs> I have a bunch of reports that I can't share. Um, and, um, so uh, some of the best resources to get started, and I think one of the best places for any HR professional is pick up a book called Prediction Machine. Okay. Um, so if you're really trying to understand what that impact of AI is going to be, it's a fantastic book, a bit older now. Um, there is also uh, some of the research groups that are coming out. So you have AI HR, um, the My HR Futures, uh, Enrique's group, uh, Hacking HR. Yeah, you know, lots of groups out there where here where there's some good panels and conversations. Yeah, um, but I think one of the big challenges is, is there's a lot of marketing material out there, and a lot of marketing material mm -hmm. being provided by companies who produce these products. Like when you're looking at other, like some of that marketing material out there, you want to be hyper. I like, I, like we used to call it your bullshit detector. Right. Uh, you really yeah. want it to be in there. If you hear things like machine learning magic and they can't explain how the AI is working or it's all proprietary and it needs to be kept secret, step away. It's probably the best advice. It isn't, it shouldn't be a black box. And if it is running in a black box, that's problematic for HR because we need it explainable for our industry. Mm. So, yeah, so it is like, and but explore. There are great products and just, but be hyper aware. I, I, I can't explain enough. After evaluating over 700 products, I saw, I saw, you know, there's lot, loads of great ones. I'm not, you know, loads of great ones. There's great products out there, great developers out there. Um, but there are some questionable products out there that um, definitely buyer beware. Right. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the next episode. Well, thanks, Megan. That was super useful. Having an agnostic approach, like where you're not tied to any software company, that was very helpful. Uh, but we have reached the end of this episode. Uh, listen up in a few weeks, we'll be publishing the one on ethics. But thanks for listening out there and we'll catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.